Welcome to Bloombox Growing Deeper. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah. And we're on a mission to help you become the gardener you want to be. Hello, gardeners. Yay. We're, we're in garden season. We are in real garden season, and we are back together in the office recording. For the first time in months. Yeah. And in like a really organized fashion, we have notes. Oh my gosh, notes. We haven't had notes since last year. No. <laughs> I feel I feel competent today. I know. Which is good, because we're going to go back to the science. Yay, we love science. Yes. So this is going to so be good. I'm um, so excited. Yeah, I did put together these notes today, so we're still not quite there. But, but you know that's okay yeah uh, you have the facts for us to reference yeah and we know the subject matter mm-hmm. it's just a matter of not having to edit out all the blank spaces when we googled stuff right right before we get started we have like four holidays to acknowledge okay go for it okay first of all happy father's day yesterday was father's day that's when we were recording this so to all you fathers and father figures. Oh, yeah. We're recording this on the 19th. Right. And so then the 19th, happy Juneteenth yes. to everyone. So if you don't know the origins of Juneteenth, we encourage you to look it up. There's a post on our Facebook talking about it. So you can go and Instagram. So you can go to that and look it up. So happy Juneteenth to everyone. We do not get the day off. No. We get it <laughs> off later. Yeah. So we are here. Um, happy Pride. It's Pride Month. And then Fourth of July, yeah, Independence Day is. Are we gonna? We're not gonna release we'll be again out before this. Bef- this will be out before Fourth of July. And yeah, and then we'll have another episode after uh-huh. the Fourth of July. Yep. So uh, celebrate responsibly, everyone. Yes. Don't start wildfires. Don't start wildfires, and we want to see you come with all the same fingers and toes and <laughs> eyes and ears and, and everything. It's always hot on the Fourth of July, so while you're out. Setting off fireworks, water, your garden. Mm-hmm. And yourself. <laughs> and yourself. <laughs> and just everything. Water everything. And you know sun- Sarah and I's biggest thing, sunscreen. Yes. All <laughs> the sunscreen. We're going to go to our parade. And it fits really well with our topic today, actually. All right. Let's Kay. get into it I'll then. I'll save my comment about 4th of July parades <sighs> for the appropriate Sorry. time. I hate 4th of July. It's my least favorite holiday. Oh. I... <laughs> Love it, because I love anything that involves fireworks and parades. Oh my gosh, we are the opposite. (laughs) I hate it because of fireworks and parades. (laughs) But okay, sure. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's good to be opposite. So what are we talking about today, Sarah? Heat. (laughs) So much heat. It is so hot. Specifically, how heat affects plants and how plants affect heat. Yes, because it is a dance. It is. It works together. It goes back and forth constantly Mm -hmm. um there's gonna be a lot of definitions in this episode we're we're gonna we're going for the science and that means some multiple syllable words that's right so we will give definitions throughout but they will be in the show notes yes and you know if any i don't know how many of you pay attention to show notes i don't check the analytics on that really at all um there's like the little show notes you get in your podcast app and there's the big show notes that you have to click on the link to go to our blog. Right. I'm going to put all the definitions in the little show notes so you don't even have to go to the full mm-hmm. um, explanation because you may end up wanting to refer to some of them. And if it's been a while since you checked out the show notes, we did change the format. So yes. 
click on them again. Hopefully you enjoy it. We haven't, the link still takes you to WordPress, um, but it's not going to for very much longer because we have an intern now. Um, her name is also Sarah. We love interns. We do. They're great. And she is so good. She has been um, transferring all of our show notes into our website-based blog, which doesn't have all the weird ads that WordPress has been showing you, because they're a little odd. They are. We want them to go away. So there is um, probably, maybe by the time this episode comes out, actually, that link will take you to a different blog. Well, let's just tell Sarah that's the yeah, goal. Yeah, <laughs> that's the goal. Um, it's a little cleaner looking, a little mm-hmm. easier to follow. Yeah. Okay. All right, plants and air temperature. So... Number one, my first question was, are plants affected by air temperature? And I think you probably knew the answer was yes, but you were wondering how. It's yes, but. Yeah. Right? Yes and how. So the short answer, like we said, is yes. But really the major influence here is water and humidity, Mm -hmm. as with most things. So um, there was a good article from the University of Missouri Extension, and they quoted agronomist Bill Weebold, who put it like this. It is difficult to separate the effects of high heat from the effects of water stress. Often these two separate effects, excuse me, often these two stresses occur together and magnify the effects from each other. And this is why you see a range in conditions for each plant. So... um, Say we have a plant that can take almost full shade to full sun, and then it says it can take dry to really wet. Well, put the opposites together. If it is in a lot of shade, it can be pretty dry. But once you put it in a lot of sun, that plant wants to be wetter. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a balancing act. Right. And so um, does it matter what the heat index is? I would say yes, because the heat index is heavily influenced by the humidity. Right. But the uh, wind chill usually doesn't matter. Wind chill doesn't, no. Right. So that's something to keep in mind. We want to know actual temperature, but also heat index. Mm -hmm. But the wind chill, not so much. In the winter, if you're trying to figure out if the cold is going to affect your plants, it's actual air temperature that is most important. And it's, it's actually... The soil temperature, which is caused by the air temperature, not so much the wind chill. Mm -hmm. The wind chill is more like what it feels like on your skin. But if you'd like to go out and probe the soil in negative 30 degrees. You won't get it in very far. (laughs) Exactly. That's going to be part of the problem. But right now, since it's summer and it's hot, we are mostly talking about how heat affects plants. So, and this is where we get some weather science we get some physics and we get some plant science so this is gonna get really fun yay the heat index has a lot more factors than just the air temperature and and one of the things that comes into play with that is the humidity level Mm -hmm. and that's what matters a lot to the plants right and we're not even and i don't know does the heat index include uv index i think it i think it ends up including some of that and yeah um because today cover right because today for instance in lincoln uv index is 10 which yeah. is extreme yeah that's what they say <laughs> um which means we people can get burned more easily right uh, you know the, that uv is high and i'm assuming that affects heat 
index as well. I think so. At least a bit. That's so. one of the things we didn't put on our definitions you list. Know, I'll write it down. There's a lot of things to, to keep in mind. Okay, I'll add that in. So you're not going to get a definitive answer right now, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Let's let's like pause here and I think before we say the next part we need a couple definitions. Okay. So plants while they're photosynthesizing, so while they're taking the energy from the sun and turning it into energy to fuel their growth via sugar. Yep. They do there's like side processes. So um, they transpire or mm-hmm. they sweat. Mm-hmm. And this is where, you know, we all think we all hear the examples in class in school about how plants breathe in CO2 and they breathe out oxygen. Right. Well, they also use oxygen, but when they breathe out CO2, they're also breathing out some humidity. Right. Some vapor. Yeah. Same as you when you get hot, mm-hmm. you sweat. And well, then, and when we breathe, and right? And when we breathe. We don't breathe out pure CO2. Right. If you remember wearing a mask and fogging up your glasses, <laughs> that's why you fogged up right. your glasses. Mm-hmm. So, and but that's also what cools the plant because they breathe out that um, water. It sits on their leaves and it evaporates off their leaves. Mm-hmm. And evaporation is what makes us feel cool. That's why we sweat. When you sweat... And your sweat evaporates, you feel cool, even if you aren't actually any cooler. Well, it does make the surface temperature cooler. Right. Right. So that's the big part, is that the leaf surface temperature needs to be cooler. Mm-hmm. Now, that's why humidity comes into play, mm-hmm. because there's a balancing act there, where to an extent, the higher the humidity, the less water the plant loses through transpiration. Right. So the less water stress it's going to show. But then at a certain point when the humidity gets too high, the air can't take any more water. Right. No more water can evaporate. And so it slows down the evaporation off of the plant. That's why humans also feel hotter with higher humidity because our sweat isn't as effective. Right. And so that's when you get the stomata... um, like the stomata, there. Yeah, there's another word. So the stomata are the pores on the plant leaves, mm-hmm. like the sweat they're, and the breathing if pores. Yeah, and if you've looked at it like a microscopic image, yeah. they're like little mouths. <laughs> they do kind of they look have like little lips mouths. And everything. They do because they can close and open them. <laughs> right. So if the plant is feeling excessive water stress mm-hmm. and is hot, it will still close those stomata to hold in the water. But now it's limiting the photosynthesis that can take place and the cooling that can take place because it's halted Mm -hmm. processes. Yes. So you might be familiar with these processes, even if you're not, even if this is the first information you've heard, because you might've heard, especially if you're in Southeast Nebraska, about the corn sweats. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And And for those of you not here, you're probably like corn sweats, excuse me. (laughs) Is that like when you ate too much corn yeah, and you get the corn sweats? Like no. The meat sweats. <laughs> no, it's not. This is why if you live in a rural area and you like to go running on a gravel road, it feels really good to run in between the cornfields right. right about right before dusk. Cuz it's mm-hmm. really cool in there and then you're going to get back out into town and you're going to go ugh. Right. But the amount of corn and soybeans in southeast Nebraska does affect the overall temperature and humidity Mm -hmm. of the area which i think is amazing it's really neat um it shows in really clear evidence how 
the next half of this episode is going to come into play. Yes. So we won't get into that yet, but let's talk about what plants actually do to lower their temperatures, right? So I said it before, but we'll get back into it. Leaf temperature is the most important. Right. That's leaf surface temperature, not necessarily the air temperature, right? Or... Like, plants don't feel temperature, yeah, I guess. they're not um, cognitive. They're not sitting there thinking, oh, my <laughs> goodness, I'm beings. That's what I was trying yes, to yes. Yeah. They're not sitting there saying, please turn the air conditioner on. But they do react. Right. So while some sunlight energy is used for photosynthesis, it's such a minute amount. So the rest of that energy pretty gets converted into heat, which is the same that happens everywhere on earth right anytime the sun's hitting there's energy in heat so that's happening to plants too and it causes the leaf temperature to rise so like we said then the plants have to sweat Mm -hmm. right Um, well the easiest let's start with the easy option is if the air is already cooler than the plant yes that's easy okay what happens then (laughs) conduction conduction there we go so that's another um good definition for you so conduction occurs when the warmer leaf returns energy to the air if the air temperature is lower than the leaf temp which remember can happen even on hot days because the surface temperature of the leaf can be even hotter just like the surface temperature of the sidewalk is hotter than the air temperature right happens with plants sometimes it happens early in the morning Mm -hmm. um, or Later in the evening, when if the plant has retained some heat and is finally able to let it go while the air temperature is already starting to cool off. Right, right. So that um, warmer leaf sends that energy back into the air to, and it lowers the, the uh, temperature of the leaf. So now convection. What's convection? Now we have the cooler air temperature coming back in next to the leaf, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which in return is cooling the surface so it's it's circle think of think mm-hmm. of arrows in a circle over the top of a leaf this is a topic that definitely would benefit from a nice whiteboard drawing i know this is not a visual medium podcast not visual <laughs> so we're gonna visualize it you've got a circle you've got kind of an airflow happening just google it there's many a diagram yes maybe we'll add a diagram we can add i can add a diagram mm-hmm We'll have to pick and choose which one we like most. There's so many. <sighs> Miss Frizzle. I'm going to make sure. Miss Frizzle I'm would know how to do it. First for one from Miss Frizzle. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to do first. We're just going to link to the Netflix on plants. Yeah. <laughs> the Magic School Bus episode. They actually have a great photosynthesis episode. I used it to teach a study to a, a group of freshmen when I was in college. Nice. Mm-hmm. There to you lead go. A, a refresher. Yeah. That's a whole nother thing. That freshmen don't know what photosynthesis <laughs> is. I remember that. Okay, uh, moving along. So this is why plants need more water on hot days, right? Mm-hmm. I I think we all, like, that's something that we all know. Oh, when it's hotter, plants need more water. They wilt, all those things. But I don't think we're thinking about exactly why it is. It's and not that, that they're, like, drinking more. <laughs> I don't no. Know, you know? But they are. They are. But it's the same reason why humans need more water on hot days. Because we're sweating more, right? Yeah. Um, It's like if you are working outside 
for like six hours and you realize you haven't had to go to the bathroom the whole time Ooh. because you've been sweating that hard mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I better go get the water drunk. Mm-hmm. It also, it's not like this is required information for gardening. That's why this is Bloombox growing yeah. deeper. You don't technically need to know this to care for a plant, but it's really neat to know it. Mm-hmm. I find it fun. I do too. Right? So if water resources are not available, then the leaf can't effectively cool itself. So that's why we water more, but that's also why droughts and heat in combination can cause a lot of problems. Yes. Mm-hmm. And why, you know, we had a ri- we had a bad drought this spring. We're still technically coming out of it. Are we... we- <laughs> Coming out of it? Well, we are where I live. You might not be. Yeah. We're starting to get some solid one-inch rains. All right, good. But I think we had two tents. That is not <laughs> sufficient. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, we were in some ways lucky that when that drought began occurring, we did have a reasonably cool spring for quite a while, um, which definitely affected some of the things that managed to survive. Uh, Because if we had been hit with, you know, 90 degree temperatures in April and that drought, Mm -hmm. which we can get that hot in April. Yeah, it happens. It's not impossible, but we didn't. And we even stayed reasonably cool. We had some cool nights through May. Yeah, right. If that hadn't happened, that drought would have hit even harder mm -hmm. than it already did. Yeah, these are really the first hot, hot days we're seeing here in mid-June. Which is pretty good yeah we've been blessed we're pretty satisfied with that (laughs) Mm -hmm. um let's see oh Oh. go okay so then next though is humidity because like we said especially in southeast nebraska humidity is something that we have to take into account because it gets so hot i am going to little rock next week Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've ever been there in the summer the humidity is like (laughs) unreal so how does that affect how our plants are cooling right because if it's all water that Mm -hmm. is a is allowing plants to cool itself then if the if the air already is holding all that water can it use all of these evaporative tasks not as effectively right and this is why we get foliar diseases it's not the only reason, but it's a big part of it. If you look at the things that we are growing in eastern Nebraska versus western Nebraska, and I'm just going to pick um, petunias because sure. I have a very solid example that if you see pictures of Chrissy Land's petunias <laughs> in Scott's Bluff, it will strike envy in the heart of every mm-hmm. southeast Nebraska gardener because they grow great here, but they grow even better there because the lower humidity it's dry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so those plants that grow really thick um, especially like some of our annuals or some of our overpacked perennial gardens um, with that you know with not natives um, we're going to get into why natives have a little bit of an advantage yeah. um, we start to get like plants that are attempting to transpire when the he- air is already pretty saturated and now we just have water sitting on leaf surfaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, which is also why we recommend not over watering, yeah. like overhead watering. And this say. is where you can say, my plant is wilting. Mm-hmm. It's 90 degrees. I better water it. And you turn the sprinkler on and tomorrow it's dead. 
because it was already attempting to cool itself by transpiration and you added even more water to those leaves that couldn't evaporate. Right. So this is a really, this is the time of year when ground watering, watering the Put ground on surface. The soil. Mm-hmm. You're actually watering soil, not the plant. Yes. <laughs> You're watering the soil. The soil's watering the plant. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. But this isn't the only way that plants have no. to cool themselves or to, to cause some, some things to happen, right? Plants will also change their actual structures in reaction to heat. So I think some of the best examples, I mean, we all know sunflowers, right? Mm-hmm. They change to face. Yep. Um, and we see it with flowers a lot. Like my um, Cali Rowey is at night it closes, yes. right? Morning glories. Morning glories, yes. But the leaves can actually change as well. What kind of changes do we typically see? So leaves can curl and they can twist and they can roll. So Mm -hmm. we have the changes we don't see, which is the stomata opening and closing. But then they're trying to limit their surface area. So you see leaves roll up on themselves. um, And you're, again, a first instinct can be, oh, no, my plant's dying. Right. But it's a protection. The more surface area you have exposed to the sun... It's the same as you. Plants don't have a sunscreen. So they just try to cover mm-hmm. what they what they do have. They roll up. And corn does this a lot. Yes. Yeah, you can see the structural change in corn. So, yeah, curling, rolling, trying to change the position of the leaves mm-hmm. so that they're not flat with the sun shining right on them. They'll try to be more parallel, or, yeah, parallel mm-hmm. to that sunlight. Yeah, you might see a plant... That's, that's branches are very flat and open, be a little more vertical. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can even see leaves flip so that the lighter underside is exposed instead of the darker, because we all know light reflects light, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that classic yes. elementary school <laughs> lesson. Okay. Um, any other things you want to talk about with how plants change? So one thing we're not going to go too deep into today because it's almost a whole nother episode and we have another half of this topic that we want to talk about is we've been acting like all plants photosynthesize in the same way oh yeah um they don't (laughs) no (laughs) we're talking about mostly nebraska-ish plants right if we try to get into crazy plants well no actually there's a variety here so that's true there's three main differences and they call them really obscure things like c3 c3 and cam photosynthesis <laughs> and what it, it it it's actually like really complicated on one end but really simple on another and it is the plants adjusting to that humidity problem okay so that's a that's the visible difference is those leaves that are able to transpire really effectively and the leaves that curl there, that's like a visible difference. Mm-hmm. Um, cam plants are the most different. What they do is they store up energy during the day and then they photosynthesize in the evening and at night using that energy when they are freer to transpire. Like a battery. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because at night the air temperature drops and right. the humidity level hopefully drops, leaving mm-hmm. them freer to transpire. So mm-hmm. we did not get into that. Um, and that's okay, I that's think. That's too much. That's too much. I think we did just fine for <laughs> yep. today. Okay. Um, All right. So then um, 
one of the things to remember that we haven't really talked about is that plants will, of course, be affected by long-term weather and heat Mm -hmm. changes that we're probably going to see due to climate change. And so the main thing that we're worried about there, because these are kind of two separate issues, right? Like we have the day-to-day temperatures that we have to worry about and the the changes there. But then the long-term changes that we're going to see, which are affecting like whole growing seasons and extremes, while that is going to affect the day-to-day life of the plant, what we're what we'll see there is changes in reproduction times mm-hmm. and just how the timelines work with everything else. Yeah. So that's kind of a separate topic to think about. It's worth at another time. Yeah. But but it's definitely worth mentioning. And extremes will of course be concerning as well because plants need time mm-hmm. to adapt, right? And so they can they're used to like oh now things are heating up so we'll change processes just like we see with deciduous trees in our area of the country right they're they're changing with the light um, mm-hmm. length of day the temperatures and all of that and they have evolved over many many years to be able to do that so when that changes quickly and dramatically it's tougher it's tougher for them to respond. Yeah. But plants can also be part of the solution to these changing climates. So that's what we are going to talk about next. Yes. And so plants are really very adaptable to short-term changes. Um, but we've, see, we've all seen the threshold. If you've ever grown bell peppers, <laughs> they grow best when it's really hot. Mm-hmm. And so if we have a long, drawn-out, rainy, cool spring... There will be a point at which you just will barely get any peppers. There's a point and at which tomatoes and tomatoes you get blossom end rot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a point at which they just get a slow start, but they still produce. And there's a point where they can't come back from. And that's a big reason that we promote native plants so much is because they're more that their threshold is longer mm-hmm. for those changes to affect them. Right. But what we really want to talk about the second half of this episode is plants helping us with climate change. Right. Well, helping everyone. Helping, yeah. Right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but I'm selfish. We don't need to be anthropocentric. <laughs> I just want to be cool. Yeah, sure. Okay. No, they, they affect um, a lot of the environment around them. Mm-hmm. So let's just start with shading real quick, because I think that's one that everyone knows. We had Father's Day dinner yesterday, mm-hmm. and my dad brought up, he's he's very good, I feel like, at thinking ahead on things. Right. And one thing he talked about is in their neighborhood, they had a bunch of ash trees all along some streets, and it was city trees, so the city came and removed them all together at one time, all those that couldn't be treated. And he said, watch it next year at the same time, we will see air conditioning people mm-hmm. coming through, right? HVAC people. And that's exactly what happened because once they removed all the trees, no more shade, heat went up, your old air conditioner couldn't handle it, or you realized it, it, the air conditioner just wasn't made to handle that size of a house with that heat, right? And so shading is super important. Right. I mean, you have a lot of these older neighborhoods that are losing their ash Mm -hmm. have maintained pretty good um, temperature control, which is window air units and things. And um, some have not even gone to central air because their neighborhoods have been so well shaded. Um, That's a big expense when you lose that. Mm -hmm. 
So shade is really important and we're seeing, I think we all kind of just know on a hot day, you find a spot Mm -hmm. under a tree, right? To get that shade. But shade isn't the only thing that can help lower air temperature, especially in our urban communities, because with really tall buildings um, and limited space, we have to think creatively and broader than just every corner needs a tree which right. I do think every corner I needs a tree. I do think every corner needs a tree. <laughs> Let's um stop on shade for a minute okay. though and and talk about why like all the different ways cuz oh, shade yes. is not that simple like first off there's just <laughs> removing the sun from you, right? Sure. Like mm-hmm. your body's hot from the sun, you step into a tree, now your surface area immediately cools. But it's also preventing things from getting hot in the first place Mm -hmm. so concrete holds so much residual heat long into the evening sometimes never even gets the chance to fully cool down right you can feel it right after it it cools down and you step on warm concrete and it's Mm -hmm. still radiating that heat yes and it's why my raised bed garden behind a concrete retaining wall i can Mm -hmm. keep plants alive over the winter that should not grow here over the Mm -hmm. winter because concrete retains so much summer or sun heat even in the winter so yeah and for all you sports players out there or sports parents that artificial turf Mm. is like a whole nother level of retaining heat I was in marching band and being out on I mean memorial field here at the university there's zero shade of course and you're just in a microwave with all the glass and everything and then that field has black tire grounds in it so it's just the heat is crazy Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and playground equipment yeah this is one of my biggest pet peeves because I talked I mean I am now a mom Mm -hmm. it already made me mad when I was a kid (laughs) and now I'm a mom and I have to sit there in the Mm -hmm. heat and watch my kid play who's never going to want to go home even if he's super hot because we're right. at the playground. Those and metal slides. Those metal slides. <laughs> the Even the plastic stuff. Uh-huh. It's hot. Mm-hmm. It's so hot. I mean, it's burn you hot. And now they start putting that black, like, cushy stuff mm-hmm. underneath it that's even hotter. It's even hotter. And on top of that, we have cities arguing about why they can't possibly put a tree anywhere near the playground. No, no, no. Which Too is dangerous. just ridiculous. <laughs> and... If you want people in your parks, you're going to have to work on that. I'm not sure they do. (laughs) Maybe you found the real reason they don't want to plant trees in the parks. Because we wouldn't actually want anybody there. Um, That's a whole nother story. It is. And it's, I recognize I have sat in meetings with city planners and, and been to conferences with them. And I understand that we have a tension between the fact that trees are a growing thing and the fact that we need them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do get a little frustrated with this thought that we can just not have them. Right. And that's kind of not an option. Mm-hmm. Especially in my research with this, I found an article kind of, um, I think it was an EPA article, talking about how trees help lower um, urban heat island effect, which we're going to get into. Mm-hmm. But also what we are like why people aren't planting trees, especially communities. And one of those is the annual cost of trees. Yeah. And you look at it, an annual cost of trees is, they said, between $14 to $30 per year. 
per tree. And that most of that is in pruning, structural pruning, okay. right? Yeah. Um, we're not talking about sick trees that we're treating. We're not talking about tree Just removal. The maintenance and growth of a healthy tree. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like a lot to me. It doesn't seem like a lot <laughs> I know to you until you, put, you think put it about over thousands. all the trees. Yeah. Sure. Um, but what are we spending on roads? Well, I was, you I know, mean, we all like, know the shade. Well, we don't all know, but we all know here in our office that shading concrete and asphalt increases its life by up to 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you and that's one of the points I made, I think, that our colleague Chrissy and I are going to be presenting to the Nebraska Planning and Zoning Association this next year on seeing trees as infrastructure over every city budget department mm-hmm. because that's where the budget crunch comes from right. because most people are still considering them parks and rec maybe roads well and they're seen as a value add yeah. not a value necessary and not an infrastructure and mm-hmm. and our point that we made in a comment session last year that we're going to develop into a full presentation is that if you want to recognize trees as infrastructure and have everybody follow suit then you need to spread it across your infrastructure budget, not your value-added budget, mm-hmm. which is like sometimes your parks and recs, sometimes your city greening committee, right. you know, whatever little prettying the town yeah. is kind of how they are viewing it in their budget. Um, and it's going to take a mindset shift. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, so I think we've covered shade. So let's get into all the types of plants and and how they help lower um, temperatures. So this is where we get a new word again. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Evapotranspiration. Yeah. That's (laughs) That's like two words together. It's two words together, but I like it. And it is the process by which water is transferred from the land to the atmosphere by evaporation from the soil and other surfaces and by transpiration from plants. So it's kind of describing two processes happening at the same time and the effects that it has on temperature. It's like taking, we talked about transpiration from plants being like sweating and evaporation and how it makes us feel cooler. It cools surface areas. Mm -hmm. And it's like putting those two things together. Yes. Because one option is that we hose down our concrete. And we've all done (laughs) that, you know. Um, there's a reason why sitting next to the splash pad right. is more fun than sitting across the parking lot from it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do it on our patio. If we forgot to pull our shades down, yeah. we'll just hose it down real quick. And in about five minutes, it's now comfortable. Um, we pull the shades down to prevent it from heating up in the first place. Right, right. But if we forget to do that, you can hose it down quick. Mm-hmm. The evaporation cools it off. But we had to do that. Right. We can let the plants do that. Mm-hmm. So evapotranspiration alone can lower temperatures by 2 to 9 degrees. Partner that with the shade, which can reduce temperatures up to 20 degrees. Now we're looking at 25 to 30 degree difference. Yeah. And that is huge. That's significant. Yeah. Now that doesn't happen from one tree. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that's, that's the problem, um, you know, that I see. We can't take a whole city downtown we have so many of our of our small towns were just built concreted because concrete was cheap at the time and easy to work and easy to work with it's predictable we know what it's gonna do and it was modern i think that's the thing to remember yeah this was like the height of showing that you made it right now 
if we take one corner of that and plant one tree per block down three city blocks, are we going to do much? We might make six parking spots that people now fight over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we might cause some alley fights over shaded parking spots. Mm-hmm. But if we could plant all the way down each of those blocks, we can right. actually change the microclimate of that mm-hmm. little town. And then along with that comes increased economic value, not just in the money you're saving from the shading and the cooling, but people want to spend time down there. So if there are businesses, they're going to go there. Right. right? This is where my 4th of July parade comes in. I stopped myself (laughs) earlier. Okay. Tell us about your 4th of July (laughs) parade. I mean, it's just parades in general. This, it, this is where you experience the real problems with having a non-shaded downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, We actually always have our parade is for county fair. Oh, okay. Um, oh my gosh, your is, county fair is around the 4th of July? No, it's in August. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> our parade is actually, that. our parade doesn't happen on the 4th of July. It happens on county fair. I see. August. Is even hotter. Is even hotter. Have you <laughs> been to Wahoo? I have. We have no trees downtown. Yes. Down the whole parade route. <laughs> oh, good gracious. You can sort of fight it out over like the east or west side of the building because they oh, do the yep. parade at six o'clock at night so if oh you my can God, get there like the early night, yes the <laughs> we've let the concrete heat up all day long what? all you can do is sit there and pray the fire truck comes and hits you in the face <laughs> who is in charge of this parade <laughs> so we have to bring umbrellas to the parade i think you should start a petition <laughs> <laughs> move the parade to 10 o'clock in the morning right um so but I have been to the Waverly Fourth of July parade down shaded, mm-hmm. shaded streets. Yeah. Do you know how pleasant that is? It's the Fourth yeah. of July. I didn't even want to get hit by a water balloon because I was perfectly comfortable. Yeah, our neighborhood does a Fourth of July parade. Gotta be honest, haven't ever been to it. <laughs> it's mostly for kids. Yeah, I don't have kids. We do like the kitty bike like thing. Nine a.m. I'm yeah. still asleep. I have Fourth of July off, baby. <laughs> not awake (laughs) to be at that um but it is all shaded and and quite pleasant um i have known the route so yeah Yeah. i mean i think you guys are just doing it wrong there i don't know and i'm looking at this we got um i'm just like throwing trash at specific towns which isn't fair because (laughs) they are all the same guys (laughs) yeah there's very few that are different um and oh to to add another the parade route runs east to west so the sun right <laughs> down the right parade down route. It. yeah we have a kitty bike parade on the fourth of july uh-huh. and we now yep. have a child who's riding a bike and would be mm-hmm. thrilled to be in it it's at noon <sighs> so rough. there will be zero shade none not a drop no and i don't know if we want to do this does he get to decorate it yeah yeah, ours, I want to do it. I grew up decorating yeah. my bike for the 4th mm-hmm. of July, but I don't want to walk him down a parade route when it's 96 degrees yep. down mm-hmm. a concrete road. Mm-hmm. Ours also includes a pet decorating contest now, in their parade. And you still don't get <laughs> up for this? still oh, don't get what up. What does it take? Usually Matthew has a gig the night before oh. that goes till like 2 in the morning. Yeah, that <laughs> so makes sense. I am truly asleep yeah (laughs) anyway this is where before recording i told you this topic always makes me think of that song summer in the city Mm -hmm. because all those problems could be solved by some trees trees people trees and not just trees i think you wrote in here that we've got other options yes so let's talk about those other options one that i had not considered until i was reading that epa article is the effects of vine yes 
especially when we have limited planting mm-hmm. space and really tall buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you look at pictures of communities, cities, sorry, everyone, not in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> that are, I mean, I think some of them were in developing countries that had the benefit of learning, right? right. And I'm thinking specifically of like Singapore, mm-hmm. right? Like the amount of green they include in those buildings and these giant metropolis right yeah um to help keep things in good shape is unlike anything we've ever seen here in the u.s but it could be done it could it the reality is especially in the midwest where we're dealing with a lot of of smaller communities that weren't planned this way at all and we're dealing with cities that grew um faster or in ways they weren't expecting that it will always be easier to use this green infrastructure solution from the beginning mm-hmm. than it will be to retrofit. Right. So we do have to recognize that the challenges of retrofitting a town or a city are real, but we are arguing that they very, very much pay off. Mm-hmm. And that they shouldn't be considered an extra. Yeah, that they should be considered a built part, a part of the built environment. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Same with green roofs. That one gets a little challenging because you have to have the structure of the building in place to do it. Yeah, you can't just plop a green roof on any roof. No. (laughs) They weigh a lot. They weigh a lot. They have requirements for sure. I think it's one of the interesting things to see every time the landscape design folks, the students put out their posters. Yes. And gosh you gotta love them but sometimes you have to say like how will that ever work on that roof they dream real big but (laughs) i'm not sure they've taken physics yet (laughs) (laughs) they'll get there this is an intro class yeah it's very much and it's i love that they do that intro Mm -hmm. class before they learn some of the realities because Mm -hmm. it's good to get some of those dreams out um Get them out. You'll never have them again. No, because many parts (laughs) of them can be thought out, especially when we do have the opportunity to put in new buildings. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So both of those, those vines and those green roofs can help lower, they can do all kinds of things. I mean, these are important in communities, not just because they will lower temperatures, they will... They will also reduce air pollution, mm-hmm. help reflect some of the light back out, right? All of these good things. But overall, re- increasing vegetated area space, yeah. green space, will help improve our community's temperature. Yeah. Because if we're taking out that concrete, that cement and asphalt where possible mm-hmm. and replacing it with green spaces, even... You won't hear us say this very often. Even if it's just lawn, yeah, is going Even lawn to improve. Is cooler than concrete, and this is where you have cities or towns, communities that the opportunity for a tree just isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying really hard to just get this idea out there that even if we're not at the point of a tree yet, let's just not pour the concrete. Mm-hmm. Throw some perennial grasses in there. Throw some flowers in there. At least we don't have concrete and we do have green material. And, and that green those, material can do a lot of work. Right. Some of those perennial grasses, she really means it. You can just throw them in. <laughs> she watches and they will me. do it. I carry around them by their tops <laughs> and toss them around the garden. But, but they, every 
piece of plant material, even if it's not a big tree, is contributing to being cooler than concrete. Mm-hmm. We do this. Our, our patio is kind of different. It's actually like a carport off the side of our garage. It was meant for parking in. And we reclaimed it as a place to eat outside. Yeah. But it does get hot. It faces west. And if I'm not there to pull the shades down, the concrete gets hot. Um, we don't have the money to take up all that concrete. But one thing we have done is bought a bunch of big pots. And I go buy these $20 palm trees mm-hmm. and things and bigger flowering plants and try to fill the space with as much greenery as I can. Yep. And I often water it when I want to be out there sitting so mm-hmm. that all that evaporation is actively happening. I can bring my sledgehammer over. We yeah. can make this happen if you want. <laughs> it does need to happen someday, but not I yet. I did it in the basement recently. Oh, so, was that um, good I can for do your, your anger management? It, it was so lovely. good for my anger management. <laughs> not so good for my shoulder. But no, um, man, yeah, going down there and just banging the floor yeah yeah i did it i've often thought that that would make me feel very good but probably make my back very angry yeah and honestly my dad did most of it it felt really good and then all of a sudden you realize how long it's gonna take (laughs) and then it doesn't feel good but it does depend on the type of concrete and everything so anyways anyways i'll i'll help whenever you're ready okay so how can green infrastructure which we generally tend to say is like plants and trees planted strategically mm-hmm. with the built infrastructure in mind how can those lower air temperature and address climate change do we have any others than what we've already said i always kind of start with the first thing we're doing is keeping the sun off the concrete yeah to start with the second thing we're doing is the evap the evapotranspiration that that we're actively cooling the surface area of the plants and the buildings around it. And then the third one is more perceptive, but real is that we're lucky in the Midwest that the air pollution in our towns is not quite at a perceptible level. Mm -hmm. You mostly notice it when you leave. Right. Although with wildfires recently mm -hmm. in Canada, the whole U S has seen really bad air quality noticed and having those plants, um, Some do it better than others. Some do it more effectively than others. And this is where it does take quantity of plants. But they do pull that pollution out of the air. Mm -hmm. And it does make it easier for us to breathe and feel cool on a hot day. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. We covered a lot with air temperature and plants and trees and all the things. Yeah. Hopefully it helps you understand kind of what's going on in your plants and what they need and also why we need it yeah. as well. And, and we know many of you are already advocates for having mm-hmm. green around us, but it, we hope we gave you some language to share that need with others. That Absolutely. Plants, we're really, really quickly approaching the time when plants can't be optional. Right. They I think must. We've, I think, I think we are. <laughs> but I think we're, we're approaching the time when cities need to recognize that, that, that we do great work in our neighborhoods and our 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 personal property but we need our cities to recognize that plants can't be optional in our cities sarah 2024 (laughs) that's our campaign stance nope (laughs) nope we're launching it today congratulations (laughs) gee thanks all right 
what are we the, the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum Party? Yeah. We're just gonna <laughs> just take over. Yeah, there we go. Every realm of politics. We don't even care which office. <laughs> no, <laughs> just give us one. And we're just putting plants in all yep. of them. <laughs> yep, we'll do nothing else. That's right. <laughs> we are a one-issue party. <laughs> plants everywhere. Oh, well, speaking of plants everywhere, what is blooming in your garden right now? You know, same answer as last time. What isn't blooming in my mm-hmm. garden right now? The one that I love noticing every so often is my spiderwort. Yeah. Because it blooms just here and there. Yeah. And you see a little pop of pinkish blue, purple in in back amongst my ferns. And I just go, oh, there it is. There it is. Yay. Yay. So that's one I'm excited about right now. And it's such a hot purple. Like, it's yeah, it's not like a vibrant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My New Jersey tea is blooming. Oh, is it? I planted it last year. This is a plant I've been jealously waiting for mm-hmm. my chance to plant. Um, and it's blooming. It's still tiny, but it's covered in flowers. And I love it. I know it's going to like very quickly be one of my favorite plants. Oh, awesome. I love it. I think I've got some liatris going to pop here. Yeah, mine is... I'm getting there right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i also have um heliopsis blooming right now it's looking great it's doing good stuff we did some just like actual sunflowers this year Mm -hmm. on the outside of our fence behind my big blue stem Uh, oh wow and uh they just set the tiniest of buds Mm -hmm. so i know we have months to go before they are actually blooming but i can't wait they're already following the sun there you go twisty thing oh i love it are you gonna be able to harvest the seeds well we think we're gonna actually like scatter them like we want mm -hmm. it to oh seed itself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so maybe like in a year or two we'll collect them for ourselves Mm -hmm. but we mostly want them for the birds sure Mm -hmm. i like it how about insects what insects am I seeing? Yeah. I have seen some tiger swallowtails. Yep, we have two. Which is always good. No monarchs yet. Think, although I've seen caterpillars. So yes. there had to have been we them around. <laughs> have one monarch that's been around. Okay. And we had the painted ladies mm-hmm. earlier this year. Mm-hmm. We've got this blue butterfly that I haven't got the book out to identify it yet. It's usually propping up one of our microphones, but it's not today. Um, Matthew got stung by a wasp yesterday. Oh, so we've seen one of those. been chasing them. This was weird. We, we, this is a story, but I'll tell it. Um, <laughs> we are getting an egress window okay. in our basement, finally. And um, so that meant we had to remove a rhododendron bush. Okay. It's a very nice bush. But so I, had I to go, wanted to yeah. keep it. But there was nowhere in my yard that I could fit it. Yeah. So I said, well, take it over to my dad's. He's yeah. always willing. And he's so good at nursing plants because this thing and is going to need nursed. Yeah. <laughs> Transplanting in the middle of yes. June. And we gave it to him with the whole, like, it might not work. Yeah. And he's okay with that. But he's going to try. Anyways, so we took it over to his house. And then it was hot, right? So we decided to go to Sonic and get happy hour get us a limeade <laughs> and in the drive-thru a wasp came out of his pants what stung him on the knee <laughs> and i was like how long has it been in there and we're so lucky where'd you pick it up i don't know i don't know and uh yeah it caused some confusion in the drive-thru confusion and delay guys yeah but uh he's fine That's everything's good. good but so i've seen wasps yeah <laughs> our Frustration is the mud 
dauber ones like oh, we yeah. let everything else alone but those mud dauber ones are obsessed with our garage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so nick just chases them around with his hat trying to scare them <laughs> off without getting stung there you go it's fairly amusing <laughs> for me i don't think it is for him right oh no yeah we have baby birds oh. in of all things our potted hibiscus tree sure <laughs> Like in the tree or on the pot? In the tree. Okay. I mean, we have big tree. We have oak trees. We have a catalpa tree. We have crabapple trees and a beautiful maple tree. And they Mm -hmm. pick of all things this dinky little potted hibiscus I got from the hardware store. (laughs) (laughs) But Um, there's three babies in there, and the mama loves my when my soaker hose runs. She hops down it, and it must bring the worms up. Mm, for the mm-hmm. moisture yeah because she just goes to town yeah. feeding those babies and oh, she's kind nice. of getting tame because she built her nest on our patio <laughs> she's used to you guys she's used to us so we're trying to make sure the neighborhood cats stay away right right yeah. um i i planted a tree last year two years ago and it's still small enough that it had the bamboo stake i like put it you know yeah. horizontal and use tape to kind of just stake things up until i can do the actual staking with a larger tree yeah. as it grows um i noticed the other day that a bird has made it a perch he lands on it and he's perfectly balanced so that it just, it flips. just flips sideways yes oh that's funny <laughs> <laughs> these cardinals have this thing figured they out do. i was like okay well it's not doing anything for my tree anymore no, but <laughs> that's not really a helpful stake but yeah. let the bird have yeah, it yeah let him have it i'll restake it later Okay, well, this was a really fun episode. Mm-hmm. It's fun to get back to some of the science. Yes, yes, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Since it is gardening season, send in your questions, comments, whatever you want to send us, and we'll address them on the podcast. Yeah. We love to do that. Um, even better if it is a voice memo or a voice message so that we can play it. And don't forget to rate and review us. We would love to have that done as well and share share us with people. Yeah. Tell people about it. Put it on your social media. Um, I don't know. Print off the thing and mail it to someone. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. We've seen weirder things, guys. We have. Yes. <laughs> So thank you, everyone, for listening. Bloombox and Bloombox Growing Deeper are both programs of the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. 